On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we'll be talking about Prince's anti-drug manifesto, Purple Music. And joining me on this episode is Aloy LaSanta. Welcome back to the show, Aloy. Hey, everybody. I'm always happy to be here. <laughs> happy to have you, man. It's been a little bit. Uh, I actually checked. It's been like almost a year to the day. Not no. exactly a year to the day, but almost like a year to the week. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's been a hot minute since you've been on the show. I think you were yeah. last on. We, we did something off Love Sexy, maybe Dance On. Was dance on? I was wondering if it was dance on or new new position, but I guess it was dance, dance on. on. You know, in order, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in yep. the meantime, of course, you were on my channel, uh, Prince's friend, and you did yeah. uh, what you do, like a top five Prince songwriting techniques from all the stuff you've learned here on the podcast, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Plus, I uh, joined you on a live stream. We did a. That's a right. You Prince, did the March Madness. Prince Madness. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we're gonna do I that mean, again this year. That'll be fun. Yeah, we've been we've been still in touch and collaborating here and there whenever we can, even if you haven't been officially on my show since uh, about a year ago. But <laughs> hey, you know, you're back. What I'm doing now is I took a step back. You know, I'm I'm doing vault tracks now from the 80s before I move on to the 90s, covering in the, at the moment the 1999 Super Deluxe vault tracks. And that's where Purple Music comes in. Yes. Uh, Purple Music is one of those kind of epic songs in prince's uh, vault catalog one of those widely bootlegged tracks that people knew for years and it was kind of a crummy hissy sounding version that we had that had been available to us for for many years and so the, the pristine version that we got on 2019's 1999 super deluxe was you know a, a really great uh reason to buy the you know the whole package in, in my opinion i mean everything on there is great but purple music having a nice copy of this was something i had to have i think i even said that in my review i was like like purple music is worth the price of the whole thing like because <laughs> yeah. it's like that's why when you were like what song would you want to do off and i'm like purple music let's talk about purple i love that song mm -hmm. it's 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 one of those it's it's an amazing song because you described it as this like epic song and yet it's kind of not that epic and yet it's still pretty amazing and epic. It's weird because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it kind of is a, a beat with Prince and he's got, you know, a guitar and he kind of scratches some guitar over it. Uh, so I think more it's like the um, the message of it is more epic, I think, than the actual musical elements of the song itself. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also I think just the title, like the song purple mm. music, it kind of summarizes in some ways, uh, Prince's aesthetic at the time. Yeah. Uh, he didn't always, you know, keep the purple aesthetic throughout his career, but it was very prevalent here in the early eighties, early to mid eighties. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little more. I definitely want to touch on that a little more, how Purple became kind of, this is the this is the time in his career where Purple became synonymous with Prince. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for it. And it's funny because a song like Purple Music was never officially released, but it could have been a title that uh, would have potentially fit as the title for 1999, like replace 1999 and called his album Purple Music. That made sense. You know, that would have made sense. It, um, I think it would have. I, I yeah. feel like this. I feel like this song could have possibly been on the album, probably like in place of "Let's Pretend We're Married." Like I think that would be a really cool spot for it on the album. 
Uh, or even like maybe instead of Lady Cab Driver, I think it would be dope there as well. Uh, like there's like there's a couple of songs that if I was like forced, obviously, to replace one of them with Purple Music, I think those would be my two choices. Not that I don't love both of those songs with all my heart, especially Let's Pretend We're Married. Um, freaking love that song. Uh, but uh, but Purple Music, I think I I, I kind of wish kind of like how everybody um said about oh gosh no the you know um oh gosh what's the name of the other song now that was kind of that became um a big deal but it was left off uh moonbeam levels like i I, like a lot of people were like oh moonbeam levels should have been on there you know but it's weird because even even with the songs that are on there like in some countries prince still had to leave songs off you know, yeah. <laughs> DMSR, right? Yeah, DMSR, DMSR was, was left off, off in, a, in a bunch of places. So, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, we could have thrown on this one, you know, instead of DMSR. It, I, I, I would fight to the death if anybody told me that DMSR was not the superior song as much as I love <laughs> Purple Music. DMSR yeah. is still just that amazing. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if I'm going to just have an empty slot there, you might as well put Purple Music there. <laughs> well, you know, and honestly, DMSR, Dance, Music, Sex, Romance, also kind of fit as a manifesto for Prince at the time as well. This yeah. one's more specific. Like, this is an anti-drug kind of song where that one's just, hey, this is what I'm about. It's 1982. Yeah. This is what I'm about. I'm about dancing, about music, about having sex and about romance. So yeah. uh, two very different themes although they both kind of are the same in terms of him prince putting out a message and like explaining what what his music is about in this yeah. in this song purple music uh as as we'll go through the lyrics it's it's very clearly like i said in the in the intro uh, a very anti-drug message going on here and prince was you know was, for all intents and purposes very anti-drug throughout his entire uh, careers mm-hmm. as far as like what he put in in his um, music and another song that you know is cited as a very similar kind of theme to purple music that was officially released later in the 2000s is high Prince gonna get yeah. you high so instead yeah. of like using drugs and alcohol to achieve a chemical high prince's music is supposed to you know replace that um and and, yeah. and provide the exact same experience to the user but just through you know his musical genius you know <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't need all this other stuff you've got you've got my music and i think it's weird i think it's weird to describe it 100 as like when i think anti-drug i think like a psa you know and mm-hmm. like i don't feel like this is necessarily prince saying hey everybody say no to drugs I, I think it's just I think it's more of like a personal statement, like of Prince saying, well, this is why I don't do drugs, you know, uh, and yeah. if you if you listen to um, some of the stories that Morris would tell uh, Morris Day, uh, especially in his book and some of the interviews, I mean, he's he's told stories about how when he was younger and hanging out with Prince and doing all that stuff that they would go to these massive parties and all these people would be doing tons of drugs all around him and he'd be like no thank you you know (laughs) it's like you know so it's you know it's not even like prince was saying everybody here has to stop doing drugs uh but he was just like hey i'm not gonna do it because i have music and that's enough uh so yeah 
So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's it could be looked at as a more of an internal internal declaration as to why he doesn't need reefer or need cocaine, for example. Um, but you know, taking a step back, I do want to do a little bit of housekeeping for those who may not know was recorded in May of 1982 mm-hmm. at uh, his Kiowa Trail home studio in Chanhassen, Minnesota. Uh, as we mentioned, it was unreleased for decades, bootlegged for decades before mm-hmm. finally being released as part of the 1999 Super Deluxe Edition as you know, one of the vault tracks, the many vault tracks that we got off of that collection. Too many. It's um, <laughs> too many. Nah, there was a lot of them, though. It was like... <laughs> oh, I mean, Sign of the Times and more. That, that one almost gets too Even long for more, me. I know. It's crazy. Uh, so this is a very, you know, Lynn LM1 drum machine heavy sounding track. Like it's drum drum machine beat synthesizer chicken scratch guitar prince adds a lot of like avant-garde sounds to it at least that's how i describe it it can be uh, monotonous at times i mean it's 11 almost 11 minutes long and and the beat stays pretty steady throughout uh, he changes enough as musical aspects throughout the song to keep it interesting i think but it it, it doesn't have a lot of ups and downs and a lot of musical changes, um, especially with the beat, that that stays pretty steady throughout. I would agree with that. I think that's part of what I what I mean when I say like there's no it, it's not an it's not a super epic song. Like if you take something like Planet Earth, um, you know, where it starts off soft with the piano and then the drums come in and then there's a giant guitar solo at the end, and then it's like he's screaming and it's amazing, and it's like like it swells and becomes this amazing epic thing. Whereas purple music kind of just starts one place, it ends mostly in the same place, but it does take you on a fun journey, but it's just it I've said it in many of my reviews. I say it stays in its lane, you know, essentially. Yeah. Like it doesn't veer off, it doesn't go in crazy directions. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think um, it almost feels like experimental, like he was really just experimenting Mm -hmm. in a way that maybe if he had really truly felt like this was worthy of being included on 1999, he might have done something different. I mean, automatic can sometimes be considered a bit too long and monotonous. I love automatic. It's one of my personal favorites on the album. And that's why I love purple music. I don't mind like these really long extended experimental Prince songs yeah. that he will occasionally indulge in. And this, this fits in, in terms of the 1999, you think of how long most of the songs are on that album, yeah. you know, 11 minutes is just like, yeah, yeah. That's just another song on the album. Well, it's no big deal. Automatic was long because of the BDSM, you know, the scene in it, you know, like that part, uh, you know, like where he's being tortured word part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The spoken word. I mean, so that's why that one's long. Um, you know, there's like, for instance, I remember kind of going off topic, but like, I remember when 1999 Deluxe came out and there was the extended Delirious and I was listening to it and I'm like, oh, they cut it down. Like the released version was just the better edit of it because this is just a little bit more guitar and a little bit more here and a little bit more there, but it, you know, it, it made it just longer, but not better. Like, but if there's length, but there's reason for the length then I'm 100% okay with it, you know, don't just give me a song. That's a long song because you wanted it because it just needed to be longer. <laughs> right. Yep. Uh, interesting about purple music is that unlike a lot of vault songs, or songs that were never released. Prince 
started to incorporate this song a little bit into his live performances just just a little bit just a little yeah. bit I, I didn't know this and i had to you know this was just all from research that i did so he apparently um did a medley with all the critics love you in new york which is a song that kind of is a spiritual brother i guess to to mm-hmm. this song i think they kind of have similar aspects to it and they're both a little bit experimental as well but that was like at a after show, I believe, in 2010, he did that. And then it was called, he called it Welcome to the Freedom Galaxy when he was performing it during the Piano and a Microphone Tour in 2016, where he changed the reefer and cocaine line to uh, whiskey and champagne. So that's uh-huh. interesting. It makes you wonder, like, was he going to do an extra lovable kind of thing, pull this out of the vault, re-record yeah. it? for another future project. It kind of makes you wonder if that was going on in his head at that time. Yeah. I mean, I would have been down with it, but I mean, I think saying reefer and cocaine, I think is also fine. Cause you're not, you're saying you don't want those things. So I mean, you think that's fine. Those aren't dirty words, you know? Yeah, um, I, yeah. But I think it could have been interesting. I mean, but Prince always liked to change up the lyrics for live stuff, you know, uh, which, which I always love. I, you know, I have a philosophy of if I go to your concert and it's exactly the same as on the album, then why am I here? You know, so <laughs> why am I here seeing you live? I'll just listen to the album if it's exactly the same. But, you know, that's just me, I guess. You know, it's interesting because you said that, like, all the critics, critics in New York is um, – all the critics love you in New York, excuse me, before somebody pounces on me. Um, <laughs> uh, when you said that that song is kind of its spiritual brother – you know, for me, I think I think it has a lot to do with the way that the beat starts when it comes in, where it goes. It reminds me more of makeup um, yeah. and the way that the beat for makeup is. And I almost want to check. Actually, you know what? This was this was in May. I'm going to check up the the date that makeup was was written, because I'm, I'm very curious to see if it was written around the same time and if he was like inspired by it um yeah you do that while you're doing that i'll just mention all the critics love you love you in new york was recorded in january of 82 and this was may so obviously all the critics came first yes but i just you know just the way that he's performing this song he he kind of sings it in a kind of a monotone Mm -hmm. almost robotic way where he does something similar in all the critics like it's almost like a speak song uh speak singing tone so that's some of the reasons why i consider the two songs very similar so what did you find about makeup makeup was originally recorded like just the basic tracking it says in summer of 1981 and then he actually went in to the studio with vanity and brenda in spring of 1982 which would be around the same time they don't have an exact date on prince vault but it says spring of 1982 so that means he pulled it back out of his songs that he had worked on the year before and was already messing around with it around the same time that he did uh, Purple Music. So, you know, maybe he was inspired by it. Who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know. But I, I do hear the same kind of stuttery beat in yeah. this song, at least the how Purple Music starts, as you mentioned. Right, at how, least how it starts, you know, yeah. Yeah, to what makeup sounds like. Um, all right, so Purple Music, again, as I kind of talked about already, and I kind of want to jump into it now, Purple being, uh, you know, an, an, uh, becoming an important part of Prince's look and his overall aesthetic, as I mentioned. It kind of started with the controversy album cover with that um, purple shoulder-studded trench coat that he was wearing. 
but there wasn't a lot of references yet in his music on controversy just more of a, the, the visual aspect of his trench coat but now it's 1982 late 81 82 and he's writing songs for what would become 1999 and even recording a bunch of tracks for other artists and some stuff that didn't end up anywhere like purple music for example music <laughs> and so we've got if you still have the trench coat because he still wore that in a lot of the the promotional material and, and videos for 1999 songs he's got the artwork for the 1999 album ultimately would be very purple focused uh his kiowa trail home that he had recently purchased had it repainted purple <laughs> so uh and now and now we've got you know th- those are just like the visual parts of it now we've got right uh now we've got lyrics we've got lines and songs and just off the top or just looking at some of the songs in 1999 where he mentions purple songs that actually made the cut of course the, the title track the sky was all purple there were people running everywhere you've got automatic you're the purple star in the night supreme hmm. all the critics love you in new york he mentions purple twice once he says purple love more that's what we're fighting for and then also fourth day of november we need a purple high yes and then finally the the dmsr one i like that's my besides the sky is all purple which is iconic but i like the dmsr line now you can all take a bite of my purple rock. <laughs> that one's like one of my personal <laughs> favorites. <laughs> I love that one. Well, but and anyway. considering the lyrics, considering the lyrics of uh, purple music, that purple high that's needed in the other song could just be a reference to this song. Yeah, yeah. Purple high meaning like a high that isn't your typical chemical high. Yeah. It's a it's the purple high. It's the purple music high. Absolutely. And so, again, he wrote all the critics, or recorded, I shouldn't say, I don't know when he wrote, but he recorded all the critics first. So maybe he liked that line, yeah. you know, fourth day of November, we need a purple high. He's like, hmm, a purple high, I wonder what I could do with that. Purple <laughs> music. Yeah, here we go, let's try another, let's try another avenue on this, on this kind of same theme. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so anyway, lots of purple going on in Prince's catalog at this time, which is really kind of cool. It, it, it it definitely fleshes it out and of course it culminates then the following or not the next year but in two years with the release of purple rain the movie and soundtrack and then after that it's kind of like all over the map in terms of color he's not so heavily focused on purple anymore but here for these two years 1982 to 1984 it's very purple focused very purple So themes of this song, Aloy, um, the song is long, as I mentioned, a lot of lyrics, a lot of them repeat. So yeah. we'll touch on the, the kind of the, the, the important aspects of the song from a lyrical standpoint. But there's definitely themes going on here. We kind of already touched on, you know, the the, the metaphor of music being better than drugs. And he doesn't Prince doesn't need drugs to get that high that he's looking for in life. What other themes have you kind of noticed when you listen to the song or read the lyrics? Well, I I mean, uh, a lot of it is more of, you know, Prince. I think this was around the time that Prince got uh, the Lin M1. 
So this is also kind of a song about that self-discovery. He mentions, you know, I just have to find a style of my own uh, in the song uh, a few different times. So, you know, I don't need no cymbals. Like, I don't need a drum kit. I have my my LM1. I don't need a saxophone because saxophones are, you know, known for you know, the the funky side of it. And he's just like, yeah, but I don't need a funky drum. I don't need a funky sax uh, or a horn section or whatever. This was also around the time that he was, he was, he was doing a lot of like synthesizer horns. So he's like, if it's just me in my studio with a guitar and a drum machine and a keyboard, I'll do this myself, you know? So, and it, it you know, I don't need the drugs because I have this, like, this is where my life is. And obviously, I mean, drugs would actually be a, a deterrent. If you're taking a bunch of drugs then you're going to be so high that you're not even going to be able to, you know, be able to sit down and do all of the hard work that is involved in making music the way that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Like, I'm sure he looked at it not as a way to uh, unlock his creativity because he probably felt like I've, already pretty pretty damn creative i don't really need anything else to spark my creativity if yeah. anything it might make me less focused uh make me maybe tired i would have you know with people who take drugs there's an up and then there's a down and the downside of that might take away his ability to create and focus and and be productive which you know he obviously was uber productive around this time and not actually just around this time his entire career yeah. so it's I, I can imagine him thinking like laser focused prints. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I don't really want anything to sidetrack me, um, <laughs> especially not anything that I can control. And at this time of his life, he could definitely control whether or not he took drugs. I mean, obviously um, women were maybe a vice that he wasn't <laughs> quite so readily uh, able to give up, but uh, I think he also, if you talk to any of his girlfriends, they would tell you, like, you know, still music came first. <laughs> Nine times out of ten <laughs> in our relationship, music came first. So I am. He, he was very focused on the music, and purple music was kind of like that, his way of, of saying, like, this is what I do, man, and I don't really need anything else to, to really accomplish my goals. it's like the 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 verses are you know three steps right one is anti-drug the second part is the finding my own style and doing my own thing and then the third part of that is the you know the lines that say like some people can't understand just being inside a church doesn't make you a righteous man you're high so high so it's 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 interesting that then at that point he's also then pointing the finger at people who say that they you know believe in god or that they're religious or that they're spiritual but they're really not probably because you know because you're just you're just over there taking a bunch of drugs you're not even actually doing the work you know you're not actually praying you know like i am uh it's it's an interesting thing because he mentions um you know that kind of re redefines uh purple music to almost be like 
every other innuendo that he does to God uh, in, in lots of his other stuff, you know, where there's, you know, purple music is music is what I do is God, you know, like all of these things. So that's it's because it, it's just interesting that he starts. It could just be anti-drug. It could just be, hey, check out my style. But then he throws God in there, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one of the other themes that I saw as well is so we've got the the anti-drug message. You mentioned how like the lines don't need no symbols, no saxophone, just need to find me a style of my own is more or less him saying I don't need all the the normal trappings of of musicianship. I mean, eventually he would decide he needed saxophone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as of, you know, in 1982 he's like I don't I don't need it. I can create the sound that I want using these tools and it sound to me, it sounds great. Um, eventually he would say like, you know, I'd like a live uh, saxophonist and I'd like him to, uh, you know, participate in my live tours and yada, yada. But in 1982, he was, he was cool doing it himself. Yeah. I feel like the word need does some work there. You know, like I don't need a saxophone. Would I want a saxophone? Probably, yeah. But right now, I'm just recording in my house. You know, it's like yeah. you know, I ain't got room for a saxophone player in here. Yeah, need versus a want. You know, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> eventually, he wanted one, and he and he got one. But did he need one? No, he really yeah. didn't. Need? Yeah. So he's already <laughs> kind of talking about this this style of his own, which would ultimately become the Minneapolis sound or be defined as the Minneapolis sound. He didn't call it that like hey i just created this thing called the minneapolis sound <laughs> it's uh it's just what people started to call it because you know he was creating like this army of music yeah. um that made it sound like he was like all these different groups were coming out of minneapolis and they all just happened to sound kind of similar but the reality was prince was behind all of them or most of them for a while at least but anyway, so yeah, the religion thing is the one that I also wanted to mention because you got the lines about the some people can't understand being inside a church doesn't make her don't make a righteous man. So he's seemingly pointing the finger at hypocrites who go to church and, and don't really understand God's teachings or understand what it is to be righteous or a good person. Even uh, just being inside a church doesn't mean that you're um, on God's side or even on the right side of of. Right. Good and bad. But then later in the song, it's funny because then he starts talking about these serpents and sacrificing, making, you know, almost like it goes a little more paganistic in ways. Yeah. And it's funny because he doesn't, he never really did. I'm trying to think of examples where he kind of took that path or that avenue lyrically. It's usually he stays on the righteous path when he's talking about God uh, and to, to kind of delve a little bit into the darker sides of paganism or the occult or whatever you want to call it even if yeah. it's just alluding to it is is interesting and kind of fascinating to me i i feel like the serpent you know because if you you know if we follow his religion of you know uh christianity the uh the serpent is the devil and i i think sacrifice i think we when we think of it in religious terms we think of sacrifice like sacrificing a goat to something 
Um, but I think it's more of, I th- this is my thought. I think <laughs> that he's saying it's sacrificing just how good that drug will probably make me feel. You know, like I'm taking the harder road by saying no to the drugs. Uh, and, you know, because he specifically calls out the serpent to sacrifice and all that stuff. But the whole point is if you sacrifice it, then you get to quote unquote purple paradise, which is the next line. So he's like, I don't need that. I'm going to forego, you know, the drugs that the devil is making you all take. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and instead, uh, I'm going to, you know, follow God's word and just make this music in my own style and make my mark on the world. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, but I hear what you're saying, too, with the kind of paganistic, you know, sacrificing the serpent, but I think it's not indulging, I guess, would be yeah. the, the layman's way of saying that he's a songwriter, so he's using fancy words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and ultimately he says we'll we'll make a wish and we'll kiss in purple paradise. So I always took purple paradise to be just another uh, way of describing heaven, you know, or something yeah. along those lines. That's usually what any any time there's something heaven or paradise, utopia, anything that he mentions, I just go, oh yeah, it's heaven. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. And then in a in a verse earlier, just a couple verses before. He brings up another theme in this song, and that's death, death and and potentially the end of the world. In time, we all die, all music gone. So we better try our best to get along and get high. So again, like death is a theme that he is exploring, especially on the title track to the album that this might have been on. But also at the end of Let's Pretend We're Married, you and I know we're going to die someday. You think I'm crazy. You're probably right, et cetera, et cetera. So he's bringing up, you know, mortality and how he knows and he recognizes he's mortal. You're mortal. We're all mortal. We're all going to die. But to say, like, we're all going to die, all music gone, that almost tells me a little bit more, like, not just we're going to die and life will go on without us, because life always does, but this could just be all you know, we're getting towards the end of humanity as we know it on this planet, which obviously is a theme that is explored on the title track 1999 with, you know, the apocalypse, have him bringing that up in the title track. So I just wonder, like, this is just another example of a theme that he was fleshing out in his head. It was really something that he wanted to talk about. And and another song that you had mentioned earlier, Moonbeam Levels, speaks to that as well so the, and oh, yeah. also written around the same time and recorded around the same time so this is heavy weighing heavy on his head on yeah his brain. i i think the fact that this song kind of bounces around to a bunch of different things is is an example of like the experimental nature of it that we kind of touched on earlier you know like this is a song where you can tell that he's like let's try this out and see what it sounds like you know, uh, and not necessarily. I think that's why this song was maybe never really put on anything, because it's almost not even its own song. It's like a smattering of a bunch of different songs, like lyrically, obviously, it's one beat and, you know, whatever, all the way through. Um, but it's almost like it, there's not one cohesive uh 
message or theme or subject matter. It's kind of just a bunch of different stuff thrown together because he was just kind of jamming. Is, is is what it sounds like to me. And that brings me to, you know, one of the other things that I love is where he says every subject, any key, purple music can't be judged. It just happens naturally. Ain't it all right? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that, you know, because he's like, whatever, I'll write a song about anything. Give me a key. Uh, this is just flowing out of me. And I feel like that's where I'll probably a lot of these lyrics came from. And uh, he probably had a couple of ideas and then just kind of riffed. Which is why some of the lyrics are like repeated, you know, here and there. You know, he's tr trying and playing with the phrasing and different ways to say it, uh, just to see if it works. And I, because mm -hmm. that's what I love about this song is it's it's him like in the process of creating. Uh, is how I feel about this song. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because it does kind of give off that vibe of uh, I'm just kind of riffing, almost like it's a an ad lib or something that he just sat down and started writing and whatever like free-flowing um top of the brain type of lyrics like this is yeah. what's on this is what's going on in my head right now and who knows maybe he spent a lot of time on these lyrics i don't know obviously but maybe not maybe these were just you know exactly yeah. what he was thinking at the time and he just made it fit made it work and um yeah kind of for me going, going for off me the dome. Yeah, because for me, this song sounds it sounds directed, you know, like it's it doesn't sound like he's just singing about a thing. It sounds like probably the day before or even earlier that same day he was being pressured, you know, like it sounds like, look, I don't need these things. I'm good. You know, not not like generally like I don't need drugs. It's more like almost like, hey, this is a song to Trevor. The, from last night, you know, like, hey, I don't need your stuff, and you're faking, and you're acting like you're righteous, but you're not, you know, like, you know, that sort of thing, and so it, to me, it sounds very pointed, like it's, like it's a reactionary song. Mm. Yeah, I can see that, I can see that, or even Sorry reactionary to Trevor's too. out there. <laughs> Trevor's <laughs> it was Chill just out, the first Trevor. name that came to my head. <laughs> Jeff, you... oh, darn Jeff. Always trying to push Prince into doing things he doesn't want to do. Um, so the the verse that you were talking about, every subject, any key, purple music can't be judged. It happens naturally. There's another verse, whatever you want to call it, that's similar, I think, in theme. Ain't got no theory, ain't got no rules. I just let the purple music tell my body what to do. It's basically yes. kind of the same thing as what you just talked about. Uh, I, I, Prince is the rule breaker. He's kind of painting himself here as the rule breaker, which, you know, in all all essence, he was for the most part. I mean, he was breaking rules left and right in terms of what was a musician supposed to do. Was an eighteen year old supposed to produce their own debut album? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was uh, you know, a, a musician supposed to essentially record every instrument? 
on their album without needing outside help? No, that's not what you're supposed to do. That's supposed to, yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it, I, the the and specifically for me, uh, as a musician myself, the the I, the ain't got no theory. Like I interpret that as music theory, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know, he's uh, he's saying like, and and as a musician, music theory is a guidance. It's a guiding tool. Uh, but you absolutely should step out of that if it makes the song better. And, and I think that's part of it, right? It's like if you, there are a lot of people who I know who sh- stick like, oh, well, that song's not in key. We can't, or, or that um, that note's not in the key, so we need to change it. It's just like, I don't know, I, I, I like it better. Like, let's just go with it. Uh, okay. So I like I like not needing to do that. And I've written, like I've written songs sticking straight to a key, and I've written songs where... I just, you know, grab my bass and I just play and hopefully it sounds good. And uh, and I discover later on, I'll be like, oh, this is kind of in this other key. But then there's a bunch of notes that don't actually fit, but then they fit the song, you know, uh, not necessarily the music theory. But, you know, I, I, I love the idea that, uh, again, and I think it goes back to the religious aspect of it. Uh, and how purple music could technically be, you know, God, uh, you know, the the fact that he's saying, like, I'm just I just picked up an instrument and I just play it flows through me. And later on in interviews, he would say, like, I do it for God. And, you know, God is the one who gifted me with this and whatnot. So this is maybe an early iteration of, you know, that idea put to song. Yeah, certainly could be. Maybe he didn't even realize at the time that that's what he was saying explicitly but certainly it could be interpreted that way the way it's phrased purple music just happens naturally you know and and yes the talent is there so he can just rely on his talent to take him where he needed to go musically but also you know having a higher power sort of help him and guide him where he needed to go or where he should go musically was something I think he was definitely grasping at this time. Religion is certainly an aspect that is being integrated more explicitly into his songs during 1999 and then would, you know, continue on throughout his career after that. Prior to 1999, with the exception of the Lord's Prayer and Controversy, there's not a lot of religion in Prince's music that you can, you know, explicitly cite. Uh, Now he's feeling more comfortable maybe or feeling like this is a uh something about his his upbringing or about his person personality that he felt is important to share with with the rest of the world in a way that he didn't feel was important before I, li- I like the next page. Don't want reaction. I just want the act. So I've got a theory, potential theory of what he means there, or just, you know, a way to interpret that, that, that line or those grouping of lines. Don't want reaction. I just want the act. It's easier to give love than it is to give it back. Um, what do you think about those lines, Aloy? Do you have any really interesting thoughts on that or no? Well, for me, I, I, I interpret that as probably the people who he's dealing with are again i i i find this song to be very like a reaction song 
and probably somebody said, hey, if you just get high, you're going to write it. Your songs are going to be so much more. Right. And he was probably like, I don't need that to write my song. So I don't want the reaction, which would be the chemical reaction of the drugs in his body. He just wants the act of just making the damn music. You know, it's like, I don't need that. I just want to do the thing because there's probably people out there and I actually know a couple who like can't write a song unless they're high. You know, like like they literally cannot come up with stuff uh, and the drugs almost, you know, take over at that point. Uh, it's easier to give love than to give it back. Not really sure um, uh, how that fits into everything. I think it's just a it's a fun line. But I don't yeah. I actually don't know uh, how that connects to the. Um, I don't want reaction. I just want an act. And it could be because of the way that I'm interpreting, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. No, and I, I felt they were a bit disconnected as well. Because even though yeah. I, I didn't think of chemical reaction the way you did, which is cool. I'm glad you did, because that's an interesting interpretation. Uh, what I was thinking more was going back to how this song, to me again, and I have no idea if Prince would have agree has a lot of similarities to all the critics love you in new york so i was thinking reaction meaning like i don't need you to tell me if my music's good um critics i don't really you know because that that song all the critics love you in new york is very tongue-in-cheek you know and, uh, hey you know if you if you wear these clothes and if you say this thing and you act this way you can become a critical darling and apparently i've you know jumped on the the right side of the critics here in in 1981 82 but he's also kind of like but who cares right i mean does it really matter it shouldn't yeah. matter what the critics say your react your interpretation i think actually does contextualize the next line so because what he's saying is it's easier to give love meaning you know make the music and share the love than it is to get it back so he's saying, I don't want to read the reviews, the reaction, the reviews. I don't need to hear what if people like it because uh, it's easier to just make the music than it is to expect people to like it in return and to give that love back to you. So actually, my interpretation, while valid, is probably wrong. Yours seems to be the more – well, yours actually makes the next line make sense. You know, okay, so. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> sure. My, mine, mine, it's like I don't know. It doesn't really make sense if you take my interpretation of it. So I would probably go with yours. That makes a lot more sense. Okay, but I do like the chemical reaction because I think that's clever. If that's what he was thinking, I don't want reaction or chemical. Double entendre. Double yeah. entendre. <laughs> it was it was clever if that's what he was thinking. And yeah, yes. like a lot of Prince songs, it can have multiple meanings. So who's 100%. to say, right? And he keeps saying like he's high and throughout the song, I'm so high, I'm high. Yeah. And of course, he's referring to his purple high that right. he's on in the moment of writing the song, uh, recording the song, performing the song. He's on a musical high that he's just, you know, wants to share with everybody. And and again, if you interpret it to be an anti-drug message, meaning like y'all don't need drugs, just listen to my music or an anti-drug message meaning like i don't need drugs to make great music i don't need drugs to to be uh you know as creative as i possibly can be i think it, it works either way yeah i can see that thank you thank you for for telling me that i'm at least partially correct 
<laughs> there is no wrong answers on this show, Lloyd. Kind of true. <laughs> okay, so only ever way that there could be a wrong answer on this show, in my opinion, is if somebody who was with Prince when he wrote the song can vouch for a different interpretation. Like, no, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> and That's, that, that so hasn't funny. happened yet. Yeah, when I do, I do occasionally do like song breakdowns on my channel. And I love because I'll I'll quote Prince in the damn video and people will come after the fact and in the comments and be like, well, actually, it's about this. And I'm like, I Prince said it's about that. Why are you going to say, you know, better than the person who wrote the damn song? But even if if he didn't say that, there's no way that anybody besides Prince knows exactly what these. Of course. Of course. So nobody should ever say, in my opinion, nobody should ever say this song is, you know, about this end of story, period. Anyway. Although what we've also heard is that Prince loved to mess with people and Prince loved to <laughs> tell different people different things. So yes, even yes. if that person says, well, no, I was there and Prince told me it's about that. It could be if you ask somebody else who was also in the room, he probably told them something completely different. So. Yeah, like a half an hour later, he told somebody else a, a different, different explanation of what the yeah. song is. Actually, this song okay. is about going to the zoo. So, like, I don't know <laughs> why you guys are getting anti-drug out of this. Yeah, well, where did you get that? <laughs> So later in the song, he has some interesting, I don't know if they're ad-libs again or just kind of funny little quirky lines. If you can understand my color, put your hand in your crotch. Okay. I I don't think that there's a lot of deeper meaning there other than Prince was a horn dog and (laughs) he liked to like to sprinkle in uh, some, you know, I wouldn't say there's nothing explicit here, but certainly there's uh, references to sex. Now, see, I took that as... I took that line as back in the day, and probably now, but, you know, brothers used to walk with their hand kind of on the junk. Oh, uh, okay. A lot okay. of time. So basically, like, if you're black, you know, let's let's jam is basically how I interpret that. Uh, but I could see that going in another direction and being more sexual if if you wanted to interpret it that way as well. Yeah, again, multiple meanings potentially. And of course, you know, I'm coming at it from a different angle than you. So of certainly, and, and you know, if a woman might think of it a diff- in a different way as well than a man. So you just never know what, you know, kind of interpretation is ultimately going to be gleaned from, from a line like, oh, yeah. understand my color, put your hand in your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could go with so many different It ways, is man. very vague uh, to, you know, in fairness. <laughs> very vague, yes. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, then we have the, um, the kind of, I don't know what to call this part of the song, but you've got the kind of the spoken word section where Prince takes on the persona of, I guess, a butler or somebody who is like a servant. I think that, I think they're referred to as skits. Skits. 
Oh, yeah. like this section of the song. I thought you were talking right. about the person. I'm like, I never heard a person who oh, uh, no. <laughs> bath to somebody who's called a skit before. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, it's like it's like it's not really singing and it's not, you know, it's not a song part. It's like, oh, we're gonna add in like a little skit here, like a little comedy thing. Yeah. I don't I mean it's and it's weird because you know it's the it's time for your morning bath what would you like to bathe in today with all due respect I think that I think that it might uh um oh no I don't want to play anymore and I'm like I honestly have no clue <laughs> like what are you saying you want to bathe in I don't know uh it could literally be anything cuz it's not in the song it's like you're supposed to put it in your you know fill in the gap with your own thoughts there yeah yeah, it's it's I like actually I like that. I like that aspect that you only hear one side of the conversation or even, yeah. if, you know, the one side of of this uh, interaction between the person, the sir who's getting the bath and the person who's kind of administering the bath or suggesting the bath, however you want to call it. Uh, I like that we only get one side of it because it does. First of all, it's kind of a cool, creative way of of inserting the skit into the song mm-hmm. instead of Prince trying to take on two different vocal duties and you know um doing one voice here and then as the response another voice because he could have done that he could have done like a sped up voice or slowed down voice or even if even if he wanted to bring somebody else in to do it with them but just to give us one side of it that leaves leaves it very open to interpretation it leaves it kind of vague not kind of vague very vague and it lets your mind wander like what did he say (laughs) what is so Like, what could he have said that was so appalling or offensive or um, disturbing? Maybe disturbing is the best word to use here. It would have to be something really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, I I don't want to play any. Well, first of all, play, play what? So I don't know what they were (laughs) trying to play, but I I think it's just kind of a it's just kind of a weird little skit that I I enjoy listening to because it is it just fits in with the song being kind of like I said, avant-garde a little bit where it's not up trying to appeal to any kind of masses with this song. It's too long. It's too repetitive. <laughs> it's too weird. It's too, it's too, all yeah. of those things to be, to have any kind of mass appeal to it. And those are my favorite kinds of songs. Me like, from <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to hear the song that I've heard a billion times. I was, I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about the Foo Fighters, and they were talking about how much they love, like, My Hero and Everlong. And I'm like, oh, I mean, those songs are good, but I'd listen to almost every other song on the album before I'd listen to those. You know, because like, they have, I, I guess they have too much mass appeal. Like, that's that's not where I go. That's why I like a lot of Prince's music in later years, whereas, you know, other Prince people in the community uh, gave up on them because it wasn't... It wasn't for the mass appeal. Prince was just making what he felt like making. You know, I, I that's what I'm in. I'm in I'm in for the experience and not for, you know, something that is uh I don't know, popular. 
Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing in the song that I would cite as being popular in terms of like how it's structured. <laughs> right. Um uh, how it's delivered in anything about like this could have been like a really if Prince decided to be an underground artist or decided he wanted to just forego the mainstream and just do his thing, be like another Gary Newman or uh, you know, another underground artist that was making very electronic heavy music, mm-hmm. but also very insular. Like I can do everything. I don't need a lot of help. What I'm, I'm super creative and I can make and I can do whatever I want, but I don't need a lot of other assistance. And what you're going to get from me is 100% my vision. He could have done songs like this and other songs even off of that made the 1999 album. Yeah. Something in the Water is is a strange song, but I love it. All the Critics Love You in New York is a strange song, but I love it. Yeah. Automatic goes and, you know, it's basically like an epic movie, practically, like put into music, <laughs> and I love it. If it wasn't for those singles off of 1999, um, that album is very progressive. It's very uh, unique in how it's created. Like you're expecting a lot of little red Corvettes in 1999s. Well, wait till you get to side C and side D uh, if you've got the, like yeah. the vinyl. You know, you've got that whole second second album is filled with really unique and creative songs that forego any kind of popular structure popular music with structure yeah i feel like prince kind of front-loaded the song the, the the 1999 album with the more radio stuff you know yeah. like the more kind of like and then obviously after that he's just like now i'm gonna go in a completely different direction so let's go yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, because the first three songs are 1999, Little Red Corvette, Delirious. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, those, and all of those are bangers. Uh, and all of those were singles. And all of those were really good singles. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, those three, if you compare those three songs to, say, the last three songs on the album, they are polar opposites in terms of, you know, mass appeal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Lady Crat, Lady Cab Driver. I can barely play that song in front of my kids because that, that whole section <laughs> where he's where he's fucking the shit out of Jill Jones. I just like I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> Sorry, well, I kids. mean, yeah. So like the last three, yeah, because the last three songs are Lady Cab Driver, All the Critics Love You in New York, and International Lover. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like pretty much, you know three songs that are very different from 1999 little red corvette and delirious you know uh so it's it's i mean 1999 is an amazing album i you know i still i still give kudos to that album like it's really 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 well constructed as you said yeah yep yeah i agree and purple music was you know like the centerpiece not literally the centerpiece but similar or close to the centerpiece of the vault tracks that we got yeah. And it's it's a song that again people people were aware of prior to 2019. So it's not like this was a out of nowhere left field banger that we got. It was a song that we all pretty much expected to be on the collection. Yeah. And when it showed up there, we were excited to have an officially released version. Um, I I if I had to pick like one or two songs off of the vault tracks from 1999, Super Deluxe to like share with other people i would definitely yeah. pick purple music 
because I, I do really think it's a it's a strong, strong song with a lot going for it in spite of or because of its yeah. runtime. I don't know. I, I I don't know how to feel about that. But again, I, I don't mind the wrong the long runtime. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it as well. I mean I would say I would say purple music definitely uh rearrange is another one of those really cool ones and i feel like rearrange and purple music are are you know kin to each other they have similar feels to me um but yeah i mean honestly it has a lot going on on the the 1999 super deluxe though For sure. So I guess we've pretty much come to the end of the song in terms of like <laughs> talking about everything that it has to offer, which is a lot. The song has a lot to offer lyrically. That's... And again, a lot of repetitive um, uses of the, what we call the chorus, don't need no reefer, don't need a cocaine, purple music does the same to my brain. That's repeated throughout. So yeah. it's kind of like if you had to pull or extract any lines out of the song that kind of summarize it that that would be the the closest summary i could think of to um kind of explain what I, i'd say that that, the that counts about. as the chorus yeah yeah uh, yeah a lot of songs start with the chorus or you could technically say and i'm high so high is the chorus um or it's mm-hmm. i guess that's more of a refrain than anything or the song doesn't have a chorus and that's fine too yeah i mean again prince was was a rule breaker and he was definitely uh, aware of the fact that he wasn't quite following the path that everybody else was following from a musical standpoint exactly yeah it seems almost weird to try and categorize this because uh it's like it's a song about not following the rules so we i mean trying to apply the rules to it we probably shouldn't do that now that I'm thinking about it. So, you know, there is no chorus, there is no verse, there's nothing. It's just a song and it's awesome and it doesn't follow any rules. So <laughs> it's it's purple music and that's all it it's needs to be. Music. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Aloy. Well, thank you so much for being on the show to talk about purple music. Now thank is you your for chance. having me. Of course. I'm glad that you chose this song because again, I wanted somebody who was feel passionate about the song you know and i could i could sense it coming out of your your voice (laughs) you love the song as much as i do man that's great i really do so why don't you tell uh the folks listening what you're up to and where people can find you sure uh you can definitely check me out on the princess friend youtube channel uh just go to youtube and type in princess friend uh we're actually back from a hiatus in 2022 but now we're 2023 we're back strong and we're uh starting to put out a bunch more videos so be tuned for that uh if you want to follow any of my music uh that i make the name of my band is strays of the world we just released our new single like glass yesterday and uh well i guess i don't know whatever day this comes out but you know, in yesterday january. you released it in january of 20 in january let's say that <laughs> But um, but yeah, you can check that out, um, straysoftheworldmusic.com or, you know, just type in Strays of the World into your favorite music platform and you can check out the music that we're making. We have tons of it and tons more coming uh, because 
Prince is the person that I look up to musically. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, don't need no reefer, don't need cocaine. Got it. Well, thank you so much again. This has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show at PressRewind.net. I'm also back on Facebook and Instagram after a brief hiatus. I was kicked off of those platforms thanks to a hacker. <laughs> but I'm back. So I got to rebuild rebuild the, the following that I had there. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I thought I was following the Press Rewind Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Well, you were... But you need to follow it again because it's gone. The old stuff is gone. So please find me and follow if you are on those platforms. Still on um, still on Twitter and on YouTube. So check it out. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. And goodbye. Goodbye.